Remain standing, please. Take your Bibles. Turn to the book of James, chapter 1. If you have a Schofield Bible, you'll find it on page 1306. Hebrews, James, Peter. Amen. James, chapter 1. Help us, Jesus. James chapter 1, we'll begin verse 2. James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Drop down to verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love Him. Father, we thank You, Lord, for the privilege to be in Your house this morning. Thank You for Your goodness, Your grace, and Your mercy You've bestowed upon us. And Lord, thank You now for Your blessed Word this morning. And God, as it comes now for the time of the preaching of Your Word, Lord, anoint our pastor afresh. Help him as he stands to deliver the message, dear God, that You have for us here today. God, help us to be attentive. Uh, help us to open up our hearts and our minds and our ears. And Lord, receive that that You have to force. And when we apply it to our hearts and our lives, that your will would be accomplished in us and through us. God, may your will be accomplished here today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. It's so good to have Rebecca's story with us. Amen. We appreciate you being with us in the house of God this morning. I do trust, I do trust now that we've got all the running, bathroom running done. We don't need to do so during the preaching time. Amen. We want to try to keep that before you till it becomes a way of life around here. Amen. And um, God might um, have right away the Holy Ghost of God might not be grieved or hindered during the preaching time. Amen. And um, we care about souls, that won't be a problem. If you don't care about souls, that might be a problem. Now I need you to do something for me on purpose. Ball game ain't going to be played at 6.30 this evening. Patriots is going to win, so just forget about it. Right? Just don't even worry about it. Forget it. Just put it out of your mind. And uh, if they don't win, it's going to, I'm going to have a hard week. Amen. And so, let's, uh, let's just put all that behind you for a little while. Because this morning, if there is a message you need to hear... It is this one. More than that, it needs to find a lodging place in your heart. Everybody look this way. Look this way. I want your attention this morning on purpose. On purpose. God's purpose for temptation. We all by nature... Desire, seek. If you were to ask ten people, what would you like more than anything else in life? A good many of them would say that I just might be happy. Here's the problem. We'll never find peace. We'll never find joy. We'll never find genuine happiness apart from Jesus Christ. Wealth, 
can buy a lot. But it can't buy peace of mind. Fame can do much, but it can't give you a lasting joy. Power can demand, but it can't free you from the guilt of sin, of the guilt of a of a heart. Jesus and Jesus only can give a joy that passeth all understanding. Greater than any pleasure of a Super Bowl will ever be. In this passage, I want you to see something that is so amazing. I want you to see the progression. This is not the message. This is the freebie. This is the extra. I want you to see, first of all, the the progression of, of where the Lord wants us to go today. We see the progression. First of all, we see the attitude. Count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations or diverse temptations, that's the attitude. He said, I want you as my people, my brethren. Now, he's not speaking to the lost here. He's talking about God's people. Here, Dave, you're lost without Jesus. It does not apply to you. You'll just have to keep seeking joy and happiness wherever you find it. Only for it to run out one day. For an eternity, totally miss it. But my brethren, here's the attitude, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Here's the ability to do that. He said, if any man, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. They give it to all men liberally and not brothers not, and it shall be given him. That's the ability to count it all joy when you find yourself in the midst of temptation. You follow the progression. The attitude is, count it all joy. Then the ability to do that is like wisdom. One of the reasons that why temptations so struggle our lives is this, folks, is we're not asking God for wisdom to understand why He's allowing that to happen. We're too quick to say, poor me, oh me, I've got it so... Oh, it's somebody else's fault, the reason I'm this. We're masters at blaming someone else. The teacher didn't do this. Somebody done this in school. This done this. This done this. That's the reason I have the problem. But the attitude is, can it all joy? How do you do that? Because you, the ability to do that comes in asking God for wisdom. And He's made a promise. He said, I'll give it to you liberally. And I won't upbraid it. I won't call at you for asking. He said, I'll give you the ability to understand why you'll have an attitude of joy in the midst of temptation. And we come today and we see the award. Here's the award. Blessed is the man that endure temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. This morning, if, you're, if our minds could, could switch gears, instead of looking at temptation as a trial, 
If we can look at it as an opportunity for God that God has given us to do good. Temptation is nothing more than a stepping stone, not a stumbling block, when we realize it as an opportunity to do right. The challenge is that we also have the opportunity to do wrong. And the most damning thing of this, our generation, and the generation coming up behind us is this. Nobody's accountable. Nobody shoulders responsibility. No one wants to shoulder the fact, I made a bad choice. I shouldn't have slept with that boy before I got married. I, I, I made a bad choice. The attitude is now, don't you dare say nothing, hurt my feelings. Don't you dare touch that. Because our attitude is one, we're not accountable, we're not responsible, yet we still want to make the choices. I understand this morning, this is my, the, the power of this message is unbelievable. Temptation simply does this. It provides us with a choice. The devil made me do it. The devil don't make us do, do near as much as we blame him for. Most of it's us. Amen. Years ago, there was a shot. The devil made me do it. Oh, no, no, it's a choice. Those of you this morning struggling financially, I almost guarantee you something. You're robbing God. You're a thief. And yet there's no accountability to say how you get... God has promised a blessing, but the choices you're making is causing you to suffer a lot of issues. And here's what's scary is when you know the truth, God's going to hold you accountable anyhow. He just gets his tithe somewhere else. Doctor's office, hospital, car, he'll get it. You know why? Because temptation is simply this. It is an opportunity for you to make a choice, right or wrong. Stop right there. Time out. Everybody look here at me. You're not going to be able to... God, God's not going to make that choice for you. He will allow you to make that choice. And so we find that every time, and every time we make a right choice, and defeat temptation, something happens, praise God. God said, I got a blessing waiting on you. I got a blessing waiting on you. It's just right around the corner. But every time we make a choice, it's wrong. And then it blows up. God, don't, don't blame God. Would you do something for me, please? Don't blame everybody else. Don't blame everyone else. Because temptation is nothing more than the ability to make a choice. To make a choice. And God comes here and He says, now, the progression, He says, He says, the, the attitude is counted all joy. When you fall into divers or diverse or different temptations. And he said, if you lack wisdom to understand that, he said, I want you to ask me. If you just ask me, he said, oh, I'm glad you asked. He said, 
It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing what I know that would help so many lives if people would just ask. You say, why don't you tell them? Because I know them enough to well, they'll consider me an intruder. And not a guest. Or they spiritually can't handle the fact. Man, what a bad choice. A bad choice. So we find that many times God comes along, but he, but he said this. He said, I got an award waiting on you. Now I've been to a whole bunch of award programs. I've been to them, uh, I've been to them ever since these grandkids started school. We go to award uh, that they get awards for perfect attendance. They get awards for all these different things. But don't miss this. Long before that award day comes, somebody has had to make some choices when they didn't feel like it to get up and come to school every day. Somebody's had to make a choice to do the homework. Somebody's had to make a choice to do right. Yet we continue to make the same bad choices, circle the same tree over and over again, and never wonder, never, never, never understanding why do I keep passing this same tree over and over again? Is because when the temptation comes, we fall for it. I just, just before service, a man asked me about a dear lady, and and I love this dear lady. With all my heart. It's not that I just don't know I do. He, he, I asked the question. Think anything will ever change your life? I said, no, it's not going to change. Because with every temptation, she does the same thing. She runs, she flees. Instead of accepting responsibility and saying, God help me to make, not to change. Because don't miss this. The only person you'll ever change is yourself. You'll never change anyone else. Temptation provides us with a choice. And it becomes a weapon. It becomes a weapon Satan uses to destroy us. Or it becomes a tool God uses to develop us. You want to say it? It becomes a weapon Satan uses to destroy us. Let me stop right there. Temptation comes to your life, and you got to make a choice. And you, by wisdom, you say, "God, help, boy, I, boy, preacher, I'm praying about this." Wonderful, hallelujah, what a great thing to do. But God says, no, I want you to do this. And you say, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. You need to understand tonight, there's a a real Satan over here, and you know what he's doing? Oh, glory to God, hallelujah. He loves it. Because then you have just given him an avenue to take the temptation. And instead of you being victorious, you become a victim. Are you listening? You young people sitting here right now. How many times have you heard me down through the years say this? First question, y'all to ask the person you date. What's the first question? What's the first question? 
What? What? Now I made this statement. I said, you better make sure they are. You say, well, I just love him. I just love him. I just love I'll change them. When they get me, they'll change. They won't. They won't. Won't happen. You're kidding yourself. And that temptation comes, and you know they're not saved. You know there's nothing in their life that says they know Jesus, and yet, well, they're handsome. I'm telling you, whoo, whoo, my heart goes pity patter every time I see him. I mean, she dropped dead gorgeous. I'm going to tell you something. You better get a hold of this. You better get a hold of this. You better look a little deeper and see what's in the heart. You better watch their lives, see how they act, see what they're doing, because I'm going to tell you something. What's in the heart, what's in the heart, what's in the heart is coming out one day. It'll come out. And then you're going to say, man, what happened to that beautiful woman? What happened to that handsome man? When did he turn? When did my, when did my uh, Dr. Hyde turn into Dr. Jekyll? When did my good person turn into the devil I'm married to? And it all becomes, and you're saying here, but you said, oh, no, no. And the devil loves that because it becomes a, a way for him to destroy you. And so we find God says, oh, it becomes a tool for God to develop you. He gives us three steps in this verse. They help us to understand how that we can become this blessed man. To get the award. To get the prize, if you will. First thing he says this. He said we got to endure our trials. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. Endureth means to stay under. It means to remain. It means to abide. It means to endure. How's your ideal of being steadfast in the midst of a trial? The word has the ideal of this. Of a soldier standing his position and not fleeing and not running. Has the ideal of when others cut and run, when the attack comes, they stand and fight. It is that individual that doesn't flinch, knee jerk, when the battle gets hot. They don't look for a way out because they're not quitters. Dr. Hiles used to say this. He said, you everybody ought to go home and take every dictionary you got in the house and go back and, and, and cut the word quit out of every dictionary you have. Don't miss this. You need to hear me. You need to hear me. Anytime we exercise quitting something, then don't miss this. The second time, it'll be easier. Third time, it'll be easier. Where's quitting for good? If you're quitting butt dumber, middle of low life, or smoking wacky weed, whatever it is, when you quit one time, 
It'll be easier to quit the second. The, quit smoking. I like what one preacher said. He said, if God wanted us to smoke, he'd put a flu on top of our head. Amen. I like that. <laughs> I don't really care if we smoke or not. I'll tell you this much. I've always, I've always wondered how smart it is to spend four bucks for something to blow in there. I'd buy me some bubbles to dollar stores. Buy a whole pack of them for a dollar. And I'd just blow bubbles, amen? A whole lot cheaper. I better move on. They're going to get so many sideways. But if you quit, it's easier to quit the next time the temptation comes and it keeps on and on. Hey, may I say the same thing happens with marriages. The same thing happens with life. I'm going to tell you something, when you walk out on that marriage, you quit on it one time, the second time, when you start seeing the signs, you'll exit out the third, fourth. I, I, I visited a dear lady, and uh, bless her heart, her daughter had been married so many times, I asked her about it, she said, yeah, Liz is on the... Some of you don't even know who Liz, what that means. Liz, but... Well, that's, I'm not even going to so God comes along because when we quit, here's the reason why. When folks quit church, let me say this. When folks quit where God has put them, then I'm going to tell you something. It'd be easier to quit the next time and the next time and the next time and the next time. Here's a man that endures temptation. The Bible says, man, a woman's a few days is full of trouble. Temptation comes to all of us. Now God does two things in the midst of temptation. God delivers His children in two ways. First way, sometimes He delivers us from our trial. Can I say this? Most of the time, 99.9% of the time, you didn't even know it happened. One of the great joys of standing in the presence of God is going to be this is He's going to let you see when the devil wanted to destroy you, he wanted to harm you, he sent a temptation by, he done something that would have destroyed your life, destroyed your family, destroyed your home, destroyed your heart, and he protected you from it. And you didn't even know it. Didn't even know it. Dr. Hiles told a story that in the mornings he would wake up as he left. To, he would leave and go to O'Hara Airport and fly out on Mondays and, and Thursdays. And he said every morning he'd wake up and say, Lord, which way do you want me to go? You could go several different ways. He said one morning, he said, Lord, it impressed him to go a certain way. And he got up there and there was an accident. And traffic was stopped and lanes was blocked and couldn't get through and he was just writing and fussing and carrying on. I'm going to be late. I'm going to miss my flight and all that stuff. Finally, he just turned the radio on. And they said, we just got a special announcement. Flight such and such. His number. The flight he was to be on. Just crashed. Leaving old Hell Field in Chicago. He was to be on that plane. He said he bowed his head. He said, oh dear God, please. Forgive me. See, I think God does that all the time. 
Amen. I think God does it all the time in our lives. Sometimes our old car breaks down and we get out and we kick the tires and kick the dog. That'd be fine. And do whatever. And we have the wave and we don't even know that right up the road shaped and had, a, had an accident to take us out and God said, not today, not today. So I believe God does it all the time. I believe God does that all the time. Yet we never see Him because we just didn't know He was doing it. Sometimes God protects us through the trial. Children of Israel had their furnace time. And they emerged stronger than what they were when they went in. Now I ain't gonna lie to you, I'd rather not have furnace times. But let me say this. Are you listening? Are you paying attention? We wouldn't be talking about Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, Abednego if they hadn't had a furnace time. We wouldn't be talking about a David had he not faced a Goliath. We, we wouldn't be talking. We wouldn't be talking about a Philippian jailer had Paul not been in prison. Can I help you? We wouldn't be talking about Jesus this morning had there not been a cross. We wouldn't be talking about Him. And here's what you're going to understand. Everybody look this way. You need to get this. I don't find anywhere in the Bible where God's going to send you a text, email, write you a letter, call you on the phone and say, what do you think about me sending you through a temptation today? Would that be all right? I don't know about you. He's not ever given me a choice about the temptations that come in my life. I, I wish sometimes we had a choice. But we don't have a choice. Disease comes whether you want to or not. Economy takes a downturn. You lose your job whether you want to or not. Charges split no matter how much we pray sometimes. Marriages simply don't work out sometimes. Now, I don't know the way to avoid the troubles as long as we live in a fallen world. But I love a trial. Out of that time of temptation, God does give us a choice. And we choose to endure during that temptation. I know this ain't nothing to shout about, but the shouting comes when you come through it and you get the blessing. We sit here this morning. By the way, that, this, this ought to grip the heart of every person that's here. While we sit here this morning, in the Middle East, there's Christians suffering at the hands of a group called ISIS. I-S-I-S. They are a group of terrorists. They burn churches and kill Christians in Syria and in Iraq. Not long ago, there were four Christian children 
in Iraq. They come to him and they said, by the way, all these kids were under 15. We're under 15. Here's what they said. You recount? They used the name Yeshua, which means Jesus. You recount Yeshua, give honor to Mohammed, or we're going to cut your head off. The kids, one at a time, said, No, we, we love Yeshua. We love Him. We've always loved Him. He loves us. And we cannot recount Him. And one at a time, they cut their head off. This ain't ten years ago. This is in the last two or three months. You don't see that on CNN, do you? And they cut one's head off and said, Okay, you are the three. Renounce him. And you can live. And one at a time, they said, We won't renounce him. We love him. And they all four, their heads were cut off. That's what he's talking about. And yet, there are Christians today think, my God, the persecuted us. He didn't shut down my Super Bowl. What's he thinking? They consider that persecution. We consider our persecution. My feelings got hurt. He didn't do that. No. No. You don't know what persecution is. We don't know what persecution is. Robert Spencer, the jihad watch, made this statement. Don't you, brother, listen. You need to listen. He said, could we expect beheadings in America? Here's what he said. Nothing is more certain than that. Nothing is more certain than that. Years ago, I mean been years ago, um, Estes Perkle put out a movie and I tell you how long ago it was. It's on a big album. You know, the big, big uh, album, record player, record, yes. He was on that. If footmen tire you, tire you, what will you do when a horseman come? Man, he crossed the country. I remember my daddy getting out there. I remember us listening to it. Talking about how that one day, if footmen tire us now, what are we going to do? Hey, young people, if you can't endure temptation now, what are you going to do when it gets worse? If you ain't got a backbone to say no now, what makes you think you're going to say no later? Number one, endure our trials. Number two, embraced by God. Blessed is the man that endure temptation. For when, not if, for when he is tried. It's not a matter if you're going to. It's going to happen. Here's why I said, 
when you pass the test, when the test is finished, when you've been, when, when it's all, when you've been tried, he said, I want you to know I'm waiting on you and you're approved by me. Nothing in life is more, more certain than the fact it'll be a series of tests. Some will pass and some will fail. We may face a sudden challenge before this week's out. Factory closes, no warning. Doctor says, I'm sorry you got cancer. You go in one day and, you, and all of a sudden the clothes is gone and they say, I'm sorry, I don't love you no more. I'm gone. Children disappoint you. Children you brought up and taught them that, but they, then they look at you and look at you squirm out and say, I don't love you no more. I'm going to do my own thing. Nerves are, are blown out of proportion with depression. And the truth is, you, can, you may even feel so overwhelmed you can't make it another day. But here's what the Lord said. There ain't no temptation taking you but such is common to man. I hate to tell you this. There's not a one of us, look this away, there's not a one of us special. I wish I could tell you it was. I wish I could tell you your temptation is like nobody else's. I wish I could tell you your trial is not like anybody else's. I wish I could tell young couples your financial struggles are not like anybody. Yours is unique, but it's not so. We've all had financial troubles and issues. I used to work in a place I got paid once a month. And the months that they had five weeks in, it was almost hilarious. On the last week, we all brought our lunch. Pork and beans and crackers. Whatever. You know why? Because we got paid once a month. Them five weekers was killer. You know why? Because it happened to everybody. I, 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 I wouldn't have got people didn't get cancer. But guess what? There's going to be some people get cancer this week. And there'll be some next week, next month. Here's the question. Of how are you going to handle it? I hate to tell you this. There'll be people lose their jobs. Factories. I, I, it's not been that long. Uh, a man called me and said, listen, I went to work today and they locked up the factory. Nobody's there. I don't even have a job. Here's the thing. When... There's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Did you hear that? But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation. Stop right there. Take it away! Take it away! Take it away! God said, no. 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 With it, God said, I'm going to give you what you need. A way of escape. I'm not taking it away. I'm not going to take it away. But with the temptation, I also make a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. Quit blaming God. This victim mentality 
He's running across our country. I'm a victim. I'm a victim. Won't you quit being a victim and become victorious? Will with the temptation make a way of escape that you might be able to bear it? I love that. You know what that tells me? It tells me this. It tells me that God said, if I send you a temptation, He said, if you make the right choice, He said, I'll make sure it don't crush you. I've shared this with our church. I don't wish this for anybody. Never want to go through it again. I pray I never have to go through it again. But I would take nothing. A million worlds couldn't buy it. I went to work at Eagle Chair Company. God chose to put me through a trial of six months. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd pray all the way to work to make it through first break. I'd pray through first break to make it to lunch. I'd pray through lunch to make it to evening break. I'd pray through evening break to make it till I got home. I'd, I'd literally pray practically all evening to survive the next day. And I went through that for six months. And the most amazing thing I've seen in that six months is this. On those days, I thought these things, I had packed my office up on two or three occasions. And God sent somebody by. One he sent by was the vice president of the company. He walked in and said, what are you doing? You packing your office up? He said, I thought there's more to you than that. She ain't quitting, are you? thought there's more to you than that. That's a dare. Bless God. Hallelujah. I said, no, I ain't quitting nothing. But God would send somebody. When it was going to crush me, God would send somebody. With, but he never took it away for six months. But when I come out of that time, listen to me. I knew some things. I knew number one, I went into the tall and bulletproof. Number two, I knew God answers prayers. I knew God heard me, and I knew God answered. Number three, I knew whatever trial He sent me, He'd help me. Because I couldn't have survived it. See, we, 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 we tend to run from those things. I need, to get, I need your guitar. Can I buy your guitar? Over here. Okay. This guitar makes great music. And uh, of course, don't look at me. I can't do it. But it does make great music. If you know how to play it. But there's something about the law of this guitar that we never, never think about. For that string, for that string to make that sound, it is pulled tight. It's pulled tight. If it's loose, it won't make no sound. It's got to be pulled tight. Almost to the point of breaking to make the sound that it has to make. You're not going to get it any other way. Well, I, I, I don't want, 
life to pull me tight, then you're not going to make music. All you're going to do is make a, some sort of a sound. Probably some dead floppy sound. Maybe a good whine. But I'm talking about a sound that I'll be made. It's got to be pulled tight. It's interesting. When it gets out of tune, it's got to be pulled tighter to get back in tune. You got to pull it tighter. Because if you don't pull it tighter, it's going to play out of tune. Sometimes you might lose it, but rarely. Most of the time, it's got pulled a little tighter. What kind of what kind of music's your life making? You complain all the time, belly ache all the time. Have you ever met those people? Kind of like the man that's jumping off. He he was he was a jumper, and the fellow come to help him. He said, "Now listen, son, for you." Before you, before you jump, tell me your story. And the man told me the story. He said, hold it, let me jump first. Have you done anybody? And I don't care what, it's, it's, it's just negative. And it is all bad. The way everything's so bad. There's nothing good. You know what it is? They've not allowed the world, they've not allowed God to tighten strings. So it makes the right sound. A limb string makes no music. But my goodness, when we're relaxed, the bills are paid, family's all right, all's well, in a corner of our world, we don't make much music. We don't make much music. So God has to stretch us in ways that makes us cry almost to the breaking point. God, I don't think I can take he more of this. But the master musician says, Yeah, I gotta tighten you up just a little bit more. That that C sound ain't exactly right. The pitches I won't tighten just God don't please don't tighten. Don't give me nothing that can't they? Oh yeah, you take just a little bit more. And he tightens it. So when he plays it, it makes the right sound. We all want the music of heaven, but not the stretching, not the pain. But you can't have one without the other. Step one, we endure our temptations. Step two, we embrace by God. I'm so glad He embraces us. He embraces us in the midst of it. I, I wouldn't embarrass her for nothing. And, and she's my sister-in-law. She knows I love her dearly. But I'm going to tell you right, right now, Libby probably knows God better than most of you. Are you listening? She's had to depend on God more than most of you. She's had to walk a path that some of you have walked a long time ago, but, just, but it's been a while, and so it's gotten a little easier, but hers is very fresh. And guess what she's done? She, God's had to, had to embrace her a lot more because of the pain. The suffering. But then step three, we enjoy a crown of life. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive 
the crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love Him. Now when you think about crowns here, don't think about what a king wears. I want you to think about a laurel wreath that's given in the Olympic Games. It goes over like the, like the gold, but then it was a laurel wreath that's put over their head as they stand victorious. Winston Churchill wrote in his biography the last line. He made this statement. He's waging war against Hitler. In 1930, many believed that, uh, that uh, uh, Winston Churchill was too old and wasn't fit for the job. But his first, first speech of the House of the Committee of the Commons, House of the Commons, he spoke, he spoke about the difficulties, but then notice what he said. You ask what our policy is? It's to wage war by sea, land, and air with all of our might, with all the strength that God can give us. He laid on, and then he laid out the ultimate goal. What's our aim? Here's what he said. Victory, victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however long and hard the road be. No wonder the common people loved him so much. We sang the hymn. I didn't set this up, but we sung the hymn. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I've already come. Tis grace has brought me safe thus far. Grace will lead me home. If life were easy, we'd be tempted to think we just didn't need God's grace. Only just story. I'm done. Called from prison to a palace. There was a godly Puritan preacher by the name of Christopher Love. He lived in the 1600s. He was a Welsh Protestant preacher. And he was accused of treason. And he was sentenced to death by beheading in, 19, in 1651. While he's awaiting his execution, his wife Mary wrote him a letter to encourage him. Here's her letter. When the messenger of death comes to you, let him not seem dreadful to you, but look on him as a messenger that brings you tidings of eternal life. When you go up the scaffold, think that it is but for your fiery chariot to carry you to your father's house. And honey, when you lay down your precious head to receive your father's stroke, Remember what you said to me. Though my head be severed from the body, yet in a moment my soul should be united to my head, the Lord Jesus Christ. Though it may seem bitter that by the hands of men we are parted a little sooner than otherwise we might have been, Yet let us consider this is the decree and the will of our Father. And it will not be long we shall enjoy one another in heaven again. Let us comfort one another with these words. Be comforted, be comforted, my dear heart. That's what he said. He wrote back. Farewell, my dearly beloved. I shall never see your face anymore till we both the face of Jesus Christ on that great day.
am now going from the prison to a palace. Farewell, dear love. And again, I say farewell. The Lord Jesus be with your spirit, the maker of heaven and earth, be a husband to you and a father. And the Lord Jesus be a father to your children. So pray your dying, your most affectionate friend, till death, Christopher Love. I love that. I go now from the prison to the palace. And though the sword severed his head from his body, he couldn't touch the faith that this dear man had. I want, I want the life that God blesses. I want my children, my family to have the life that God blesses. I want my church family to have the life that God blesses. That comes at a price. There's no easy road to blessings. God's not giving, God's not standing on the corner giving away free blessings. They're, they're, they're paid with tears and sorrow sometimes. But Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sit down at the right hand of the throne of God. Here this morning, God's purpose in temptation is number one, is number one, that you might endure those trials. Know you're embraced by God that you might enjoy the cross that He's got waiting on you. I'll stand to your feet.